Today's reading is taken from uh, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 15. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in, this, in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you are also circumcised with a, with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your, your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised from the dead. You were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh. God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, and he's taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Thanks so much, Sam. Um, morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Josh. Um, I work for Christchurch, and we're going to spend a little bit of time uh, looking more deeply at the passage that Sam just read for us. So do keep it open in front of you. Uh, we do believe that it is God's word, so we are expecting that he will speak to us, but we ask for his help. So I'm going to um, pray as I begin. Dear Father, we open your word which is going to tell us about Jesus and um, we pray that by your Holy Spirit you would prepare our hearts, you'd open our hearts, open our minds and help us to receive not just words that are good but that we'd receive Jesus. We pray that we would meet him today through your word and that as a result we would leave as different people um, encouraged strengthened in our faith, rooted down deep and built up and overflowing with thanksgiving. We pray that you do this work in us as we look at your word now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, when I was in my, um, in my teens, I broke my little toe. Dory, <clears throat> um, hopefully that's not too gory. <clears throat> um, I broke my little toe. I went to hospital and I ended up being a little bit disappointed when I went to hospital. See, I had hoped that the doctor would say, oh, we're going to need to x-ray that, do a big x-ray, stick the x-ray up on the light box and say, see what's going on there? And then they would say, right, well, we need to get a big old splint on that poor little toe and maybe, I don't know, some, I don't know, some heat rub or something to apply once a day. And I don't know, a plaster cast maybe and a, a whole routine of physiotherapy and some tablets to take home. You know, I just wanted the doctor to work hard on making my little toe better so that I could get back out there on the football field and break it again. Um, but instead, she looked at the toe and she prodded it and she wiggled it and she said, yeah, probably is broken. Um, but if you can walk on it, then um, all you need to do is just rest. It'll be fine and heal by itself. Don't worry about it. I was disappointing. 
don't worry about it. Because um, I, I was sure that there should be more. I was sure that healing by itself isn't the best option here. Uh, there's got to be like solutions, fancy solutions, medical technology that heals bones. But I was just told to rest. Rubbish. Except, except that the doctor knew something that I was still trying to catch up with. The doctor knew that there was no medicine in the world, no plastic ass, no injection in the world that can compare with what I already have. The doctor knew that every moment that I was sitting, every second that I was resting, every second that I was watching TV, that I was asleep, my, the cells in my body would almost miraculously be reproducing. The cells in my body would be growing that bone back. The crack would be mending. The tissue would be repairing. And the doctor knew that I didn't need some fancy new treatment and that would probably not even make any bit of difference whatsoever. It was more that I needed to know the amazingness of what I already had. Well, the letter of Colossians that we're going through at the moment, we're partway through um, this book of the Bible called Colossians, which is a letter to a church who feel a little bit like teenage Josh. They might be a little bit underwhelmed, not at medical advice, but at the fact that they are coming to grow in maturity in their spiritual life. And it's just all about Jesus, just all about those stories that that you hear in Sunday school, the same old stories of Jesus healing blind people and walking on water, the same thing about Jesus dying on the cross. They probably felt underwhelmed with that because when they looked out their window, they could see that there were some other options available, some pretty cool sounding options, some options that sounded like they offered more. We're going to look this morning at three ways that the Colossians might have been hoping to kind of lift off spiritually. Um, I think they wanted connection with God. They wanted some sort of ritual or experience that goes beyond stories of Jesus and goes off into some fuller, more connected spirituality. Not just feel like they're getting dry information about Jesus. They wanted renewal. They wanted a plan or a program to turn themselves around, to better themselves, to turn over a new leaf, to put away the old them and, and start afresh and they wanted assurance, not just someone saying, yeah, Jesus died for you, but something that would take them further on and deeper into assurance, a fuller sense of confidence before God. And we're, we're going to find out next week, just a little taster, that they were looking for those things in religion, in ceremonies and services and sacred things. They were looking for that in rules, disciplines and programs to turn things around. And they wanted that in spiritual experiences like visions and voices and angels and ecstasy. But this letter says to them, what we're going to see today, the headline of today is what the doctor told me. If only you dug down deeper, put your roots further down right where you are, then you'll realize there's no point in those fancy sounding treatments, these fancy things that, that should bring you closer to God that sound like they do, but that actually do nothing for you. There is truth, deep down truth in what you already know, in what you already have if you trust in Jesus, that fills you with everything you could possibly need. That's what is meant as the passage begins in verse 6. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, so just like you did when you became a Christian, when you just 
believed in Jesus, you, you heard about Jesus and believed in him, just like that is how you continue to live your lives in him. You don't move on off to the next fancy thing. Verse 7, you actually stay and get rooted down. Root down, you'll be built up. In fact, there's a warning, verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive by hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition. That means our ideas and the elemental spiritual forces of the world. I mean, that simply means uh, the imagined basic ideas about spirituality that most people get a sense of that are not actually from God. Actually, it says that, verse 8, don't be swayed by the things that are human ideas or spiritual ideas, but that are not based on Christ. So verses 9 to 15 are going to dig down deep to show us where we can really put those roots to get rooted down, to find that we really do have all we need in Jesus. We're going to find that we have profound connection, powerful renewal and perfect assurance. So we'll look at those one by one. Verses uh, 9 and 10 show us where to put our deep roots for someone wanting profound connection. Um, I heard a story about the Queen recently. We've all heard stories about the Queen. They've all been coming out since uh, she died. And um, I heard this hilarious story about when the Queen was uh, walking around um, in the countryside. And she might have been... um, in the grounds of one of her um, estates, but she might have just been in, in public because there were some tourists nearby. And these tourists were from another country. So they hadn't seen much of the Queen. Um, and the Queen was walking around in, in countryside in the field. And um, the tourists saw her and she had a bodyguard with her or a footman or something. And um, so the footman was with the Queen and the tourists came up to her and said, excuse me, we've heard that the queen lives around here somewhere. And she said, oh yeah, she does, you're right. See that big castle there? It's actually where she lives. In fact, and she, she got her, her bodyguard or footman, she said, in fact, um, Bill here knows the queen. He, he's met her and he speaks with her all the time. And these tourists were saying, wow, that's amazing. <clears throat> Bill, tell us, tell us what she's like. Um, we want to know all about the Queen. And, and they had, had a chat with Bill. And, and then um, at the end of the conversation, they said, well, can we have a photo? And they asked the little old lady, could you, could you take the photo for us with us and, and Bill, and maybe the castle in the background? And she said, oh, of course, of course I will. And she there, she took the photo of, of the tourists and Bill. And I think, I think and I, this is probably a second or third hand story, but I think that they were gracious and said, and Bill said, well, I'll take a photo of of you and her, if you like. They probably were wondering what was going on. And I don't know how the story ends, but you can only imagine, can't you, how hilarious it must have been for them to get back home to their country, be sharing all these photos and say, look, we met this guy who knows the Queen. Look at this photo, look at this photo, and be amazed at that. And all their friends going, you idiot. That one is a photo of you and the Queen. It's all too easy for us to wish we had some sort of deeper spiritual connection, something that, would, that takes us into God, takes us close to God, a spiritual connection, and yet miss the most profound spiritual fullness that's standing right in front of us when we meet Jesus. Verse, um, verse 9, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. 
Why are you talking to the footman? Why are you talking to the bodyguard? And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. We, we discussed this in our Connect group this week, and someone pointed out how, and this might be something you recognize, um, how it can be a little bit trendy or a little bit kind of deep to spend a week of your, or two weeks of your annual leave to go on like a modern day pilgrimage to somewhere that's a lot more spiritual than the UK, maybe some high up temple in the hills. And just being there is, is kind of like a spiritual experience by itself. It's really moving. Some people actually find to meet in a school building like this really very uninspiring. I can totally, I can see why. And you get the sense that when you go into a different building, a large open space with a high ceiling and music and carvings on the wall and statues, a cathedral, that can feel very sacred, like you are being moved into some closer connection with God. And there's that idea that we can easily buy into, and folks around us buy into, that there is a deeper spirituality out there somewhere. Yeah, we've got the Bible, yeah, we've got Jesus, but somewhere out there we can tap into a deeper spirituality. Now, you might be the kind of person who's going to say, no, 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 not me, though, because I'm a Christian, I believe the Bible, I come to Christ Church every week, I know this. And yet, it's still easy to find that the ordinary things we do don't feel, we use the word spiritually dry sometimes. I'm feeling spiritually dry. It feels like there's something that will bring us a deep connection with God. It might be a Christian conference or listening to really high quality worship music in your car all the time. But actually, none of that gets us there. It's only in meeting Jesus do we meet God. And we don't meet a bit of God in Jesus. We don't meet like an expression of God. Verse 9 says, in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Everything about God is there in Jesus. There is no God, there's no part of God that you can't encounter when you meet Jesus. There's a reason why we at our church often start our services, if you've been coming a while, we often start by saying we're here to meet Jesus Christ. We're really deliberate about that because we don't know of any other way to get a profound connection in the deepest spirituality than to meet Jesus Christ. He is the Son of God. He's been with the Father from eternity. He is the image of the invisible God. What Jesus says are the very words of God. What Jesus does is exactly what God would do. He does the actions of the eternally ruling, all-powerful king. And so wherever you feel that knowing Jesus isn't bringing you deeper into connection with God, wherever you feel that coming to know Jesus is not really doing it for you, well, then the answer of this passage is not to move away, but to root down deeper and be built up higher in him. I mean, come to know him more and more. Know more and more of who he is and who you are in him. Know more and more about what he has done for you. And you'll find that um, knowing Jesus more and more doesn't activate any kind of closer spirituality in you. It simply tells you more and more of what you didn't realize you already had if you trust in Jesus. It says that in Christ you have been brought to fullness. But it's not just connection that the Colossians are looking elsewhere for. Um, they are also having to learn to dig deep into Jesus if they want renewal. Um, for some people in the UK, 
the, the month of October becomes the month of Stoptober, because um, there's a campaign that encourages people all across the country to um, give up smoking just for one month and see where that leads. Um, Stoptober, though, of course, follows hot on the heels of last month's September. Don't know if any of you have come across September, but if you have, if you have already, then you'd, been, you'd have been encouraged to take 10,000 steps a day for one month and see where that leads. Quite far away, I imagine. Um, if you might have not done, have done September, but if you're health conscious, you might have done dry July or Veganuary, where you let your body kind of rest and detox from alcohol or from meat and dairy stuff. Although I don't know if Veganuary is about your health. Veganuary might be about the environment. So you might have done Veganuary, but you might have also done No Mow May, where you don't mow your lawn for a month so that you're... Um, it can, you can grow wildflowers that are good for bees. Um, and of course, you're all aware that right now we are in the month of Unblocktober, where we should all stop pouring cooking oil and butter down the drain and stop putting dental floss and wet wipes in the toilet. When each new month arrives, we're constantly being reminded that we're not living as we ought. But don't fear, this month is your chance to turn over a new leaf. The old has gone, the new has come. This is a new month. We know that our lifestyles bring the baggage of um, problems with health and environmental impacts, but it's never too late to kick off something new, to kick off those old habits and start afresh. And I think we've got that idea about ourselves as well. It doesn't just have to be health or environment. Sometimes we want to turn over a new leaf when it comes to our self-control or the language we use or how we manage our anger. And especially if you're a Christian, I don't doubt that the ebb and flow of your life as a Christian has been one of a constant cycle of turning over a new leaf so that you can live more obediently before God. I don't know, but I am pretty sure that there is at least a small number of people here who have definitely been in a time where they've said, right, now I've got that new job or now I've moved house or now I've got married. Now's the time. From now on, I will make that concerted effort to come to prayer and praise every month. Or now that things have changed, I'm going to be coming to Connect Group every week. Or for once in my life, I'm going to download that prayer app so that I can finally get in the habit of praying every day at 7.30 a.m. We can't help but be people who are constantly searching for the next step in renewal, the next new month that will bring the new horizon. But you know what we find in Colossians, right? You might know where we're going to go. Verse 8, see to it that you don't fall for hollow philosophies and things that depend on human traditions rather than on Christ. Because did you know, halfway through verse 11, your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised in Christ, having been buried with him in baptism. What it means by circumcision there is chopping off a part of you. And it's saying that anyone who believes in Jesus has physically symbolized in baptism, physically symbolized something being chopped off. That is the burying of all that's wrong in their life, the baggage, the guilt, the past, the way you've hurt others, the way you've shut your eyes and ears to God. Well, if you've been if you've trusted in Jesus, that's been chopped off you. That's what circumcision means. And when you were baptized, you can imagine that to be symbolizing the fact that that was buried. And you know, when you came up out of the water, 
Well, let that remind you, verse 12, that you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised Jesus from the dead. When you were dead in your sins in the water and in the uncircumcision made you alive you are new he forgave us all our sins you know there's no new leaf that you can turn over that wasn't already sorted out when jesus died for you there's no new leaf that you can turn over that wasn't already turned over when you trusted him so please don't tire yourself out finding programs or rules or apps or experiences for renewing yourself maybe they're going to be of some use as a tool, as a reminder, but they're not your key. The key is staying where you are. In that faith in Jesus that you had originally, just put those roots down deep. There's no power out there. There's no power that those apps or programs have. There's no power out there that can bring your life and your habits and thoughts in line with God, other than the power that God has already been working in you, the power that God had when he raised Jesus from the dead. You know, I found out this week, um, I'd heard about the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, and they've got 12 steps. I'd heard about that. But I only found out this week that underlying the 12 steps, if you go and Google them and, and read what those 12 steps are, underlying that 12 steps of renewal is actually a deep confession that the power is not in us that there is no power that we can tap into to bring renewal other than the power of God. It's quite explicit, actually. I didn't realize that eight out of those 12 steps are all about looking to God, looking to God to cut off, looking to God to bring the power for new life. It's not surprising, is it, that the people who have been in the worst grip of addiction, the worst grip of something that they can't shake out of, They're the people who've really worked it out. (laughs) They're the people who've noticed this, that there's no power out there that can bring renewal other than the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead. But you know, that's the power that God's working in you if you trust in Jesus. That is quite important today to get hold of. Especially if you're dealing with something today, maybe something someone has done to you that you can't let go of. Or if you're working through a problem habit in your life, Or if you've got anger that won't go away. And if you've got Christians in your life or you come to speak to a church leader and and we keep saying how important Jesus is. How important is you draw close to him. You know him and you trust him. Well, it's easy and it's quite common to say in that situation. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. I get that. I I get that I need Jesus. He forgives my sins. I'm going to heaven. I get that. But what I really need, (laughs) I'm sorry, what I really need is a realistic way of coming to forgive that person. How can I really realistically lay down my porn addiction? What if there's something in this conflict with this person that just can't be solved? Take me to that answer. Let's get to that bit that I need. And it's frustrating because you feel like me at the hospital. There is, you feel like there's some medicine around the corner that will smash this. There's a therapy session or a mountain retreat or an appointment with a guru or some other pastor who knows a little bit more than my pastor or people who are going to give a little bit more wisdom than my prayer triplet. I think we've all got an appetite for rational and powerful philosophy that will help us lay to rest our sin and become that peaceful and life-giving person that everyone thinks you really are. 
And that's not, again, that's not to say there's no value in receiving therapy or counselling. But the deepest power that you will find that brings renewal is the power that brought Jesus from the dead. That you tap into, that you come to know, working in your life by simply trusting in Jesus, continuing as you were. And those deeper roots, they don't bring you anywhere newer, but deeper roots confirm to your heart and mind the truth that you died with Jesus. That's the biggest truth you need. And that you were buried with Jesus and you were raised with Jesus. So now your job is to trust more and more daily that all that is wrong about you is chopped off and buried. That's why we do baptism, so that you can know that and experience that for yourself. Now that is spiritual renewal of the highest order. And that is why people keep telling you to go deeper and deeper and deeper into Jesus in the gospel. That's where the power is. That's where to go when there's a problem that you can't get past. And I'm not, I'm not actually having a go at you if you've been doing that. I'm not telling you off. Actually, I'm, I'm, I love this. I love that this is what we get to share. I love that this is what we get to encourage each other with. This is hopeful. This is really great stuff. Let's go deeper into Jesus and deeper into powerful renewal. And the last thing, deeper roots down in Jesus build you up in assurance. Um, again, a story from when I was a teenager. Um, I had a friend who had a friend who had a friend who could tickets for a football match, um, which was great. So I said, OK, I don't get to see much football, so let's go. Um, so the friend of the friend of the friend, well, somehow the tickets got to me and so I had a ticket. So we're there at the stadium walking towards the ground. Um, and as I had the ticket in my hand, I realised, I wonder why he's giving them away for free. I wonder where even they came from. And it dawned on me that I have no reason to trust that these are genuine. <laughs> I don't even know where this has come from in my hand. And I started worrying, started getting anxious that we might be escorted from the ground by security. Or that we might have the police come and speak to us for trying to get in with fake tickets. Uh, the, you know, that anxiousness, that anxiety kind of was rising in me as I got to the gate. And what should have been the joy and saying, hey, I've got a free ticket, it became the anxiety of thinking, well, I wish I'd have just bought them. <laughs> I, I wish I'd have just gone out and paid for the ticket. Then I'd have known. If you pay for it, you know it's legit. It's all sorted. It's fine. That would be way easier. And I get that many people feel the same way about God. If someone were to tell you that Jesus died and Jesus' death makes you fine with God, everything's okay between you and God, everything's dealt with and forgiven, just because what Jesus did, don't worry, God is happy, he's not cross with you, and all of that is totally free. And that doesn't depend on God. I get that that can actually be hard to accept in many ways. It would make us feel better, I think, if we had, like, if the Bible said, okay, to get right with God, you've got a, a prayer to pray, uh, tick, and then a donation to make, okay, tick, uh, a good deed to do, great, done that one, and then maybe some sort of punishment, you know, what we call a cross to bear, something in our life that we know is, you know, our way of coming to learn what's right. Okay, great. Those things, great. Tick. We, that would be great, wouldn't it? Because then we know we are really fine with God. That can sound easier. And the writer of this letter, Colossians, Paul, he knows that that sounds easier because he knows that the Colossian people are, uh, they're a bit going to be wobbly in their assurance because 
All they know is Jesus died for them and that they've been told they don't have to do anything. But he doesn't want them straying actually into dangerous nonsense about it feeling better if you pay for it. He knows that that is nonsense. He knows that that is rubbish. And that's why he puts down, uh, he includes verses 14 and 15. Because he gives us a picture. It's a little bit picture language in verses 14 and 15, where Paul is showing us how totally, how completely forgiveness works in Jesus. He says a word in verse 15. He talks about Jesus disarming powers and authorities. The picture there is that um, the spiritual realm and Satan has a weapon that they can use against us. Now, Satan's not God, so he doesn't have the ultimate weapons. He doesn't have the best weapons. His weapons can harm us, but they can't destroy us. But he does have one main weapon, and that weapon is the truth. Satan loves to lie, but lying isn't the best, the biggest thing he can do. He finds, actually, the truth about you is the most destructive weapon. The truth about your cheating the truth about your stealing, the truth about your lying, the truth about your hatred, the truth about your anger. He writes it all down. He writes down a big, long list of legal charges against you. That's his weapon because he knows that he doesn't need to wield that weapon. He just takes the list to God. And if God really is the judge and he does what he says he will, which is punish wrongdoing, then Satan knows that all he needs to do is pass God a list of charges against you, and the rest is up to God. It's God that condemns you. But for the sake of your assurance, Paul spells out what happened on the cross. He forgave all our sins, having cancelled that piece of paper, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us, and that's what condemned us. That was the one thing you have to fear in life. That is the only thing you have to fear, that piece of paper, that list. And Paul says, you know what happened on the cross? Jesus took it away. He nailed it to the cross. And having disarmed the authorities, that list is no longer in use. It's all crossed off. There's nothing on it anymore. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Now, if you ever feel like it would be easier to sort out your own sin... If you ever feel like it would be easier if you had some stuff to do towards God that would make you feel better towards him, well, let this strengthen you in your faith. Here is deep truth. Put your roots in this. When Jesus was nailed to the cross, so is that list. And so was every record of your sin. And as he'd suffered and died there on the cross, that list was being rubbed out and rubbed out and rubbed out. And that was the only weapon the power of evil could destroy you with. If ever you feel like God is still angry with you, let this strengthen you in your faith. Everything God has to be angry about is on that list. And that list is gone. It was nailed to the cross. No, Paul doesn't want anybody, and I don't want anybody staking their faith on some wistful idea of like vague forgiveness and just... Uh, you know, hopefully God won't mind. No, there's deep roots here. If only you knew how deep the roots go of Jesus' death on the cross. The deep truth about what Jesus has done gives you full and perfect assurance in the face of doubt and discouragement and accusation. So it turns out that my broken toe did heal itself. 
It turns out that the doctor was right. What I did have already in me was an amazing process of metabolism and cell reproduction and tissue regeneration. But even more so for you today, if you're a Christian, this is just a wonderful part of the Bible that opens up to us more and more of what each one of us who trusts in Jesus already has in Jesus. We have the most profound connection with the God who is head over every spiritual thing. We have the most powerful renewal for that change that we crave. And we have the most perfect and total and complete assurance over doubt and accusation. So the two take-home things is what we started with. Don't go anywhere else and keep going in Jesus. Don't go, anywhere, don't go anywhere else. What's the point of rituals or programs or rules or experiences? If Jesus does all this, see to it that you don't get sucked in by empty philosophies. Instead, continue in Jesus. Keep going as you were going. Keep going just as you were going the moment you believed in him. If, you, if you're going to go anywhere, though, go down. Go down, down deeper into Jesus and who he is who you are in him and what he's done. As you go down, 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 you grow up in strength. Become more and more amazed at how everything you always needed is already complete in him. That's great news.